folks and welcome back to Avocados and Reese's Cups. I hope that you've had a good week or so. And, um, you know, I have found out more information about my allergies just by journaling and process of elimination. It seems that I am allergic to red dye in food and products. And uh, that's the good news. I can eat chocolate. I just have to be watchful of um, labels and when I'm eating at a restaurant, which seems to be the biggest problem other than me eating some Cadbury mini eggs that almost put me into anaphylaxis, which was not good. <clears throat> so I have allergy throat this morning. So if you hear that, don't be concerned. Um, I think I'm going to call this podcast. It's not over. COVID of course is not over, but as a world, at least as our country, we're trying to move forward and we're doing the best that we can. And of course, we're supporting the people in Ukraine who are fighting against a megalomaniac dictator who seems to think, I don't know what he's thinking, but he's murdering women, children, and innocent men as well. The elderly, he's laying waste to Ukraine as a country, and it's outrageous, disgusting, awful, and we all should be outraged by it. And we should not keep our take our eye off that ball. Ukraine should be in the front of our minds as we step through all the things our own country is going through. And right now, just to be brief, a Supreme Court justice's wife seems to be deeply involved in trying to overthrow the government. And uh, a senator from Texas named Ted Cruz as well, in addition to many other people. And uh, I'm sure the Justice Department is working overtime. And I would just say to everyone, no matter your affiliation, you are an American citizen. And anyone from any party at any time that is trying to overthrow our government and make us into an authoritarian country like Russia should be stopped at all cost, no matter who they are. Okay? So I'm just going to say that. Um, as far as COVID, <clears throat> here's what I've noticed recently. First of all, a lot of people have forgotten how to drive. Okay, I just, the, this guy that just coming at me is looking down at his phone and almost just came over the yellow line. And that happens, I don't know, 50 times a day if I'm driving around. Let's review. The yellow line that separates oncoming traffic is you are not to go over it unless you are trying to avoid an accident. Many of you, well, maybe not you, the people who are listening, but many people, let's just leave it at that, apparently have forgotten that the yellow line is not to be crossed. Stay on your own side, asshole. Okay? You should not be looking at your phone while you're driving. Now, you might say, well, you, you are recording this while you're driving. My phone is mounted to my windshield and I can control it with my voice and one touch and where my phone is mounted when I if I have to look at it for a second I can also keep my eyes on this car that's pulling out in front of me yeah mm -hmm. I can continue to keep my eyes fully on the road okay I'm not looking down I'm not looking sideways my phone is mounted up on my windshield right underneath my rear view mirror. And I have it there for a reason. Okay, so let's cut the crap with that. 
Stop looking at your goddamn phone. Stop trying to answer text messages while you're driving. There is nothing that is that important. And a lot of it, and this is not going to be a popular opinion, so let me just say that first. A lot of it is not younger people. Because I have two eyes. I can see who's coming at me and coming across the yellow line. And everyone's going to say, oh, that's teenagers or 20-somethings who don't know what they're doing. And they're looking at their phones. Uh, the preponderance of the people that I've seen are blue hairs. That have never had a cell phone prior to 10 years ago. Maybe 20. And they don't know how to use it in the first place. <clears throat> And they're trying to drive and use it at the same time. Yeah. Uh-huh. The same people who try to make a non-drive-through CVS a drive-through. Oh, was that the gas? Look, if you have elder parents or you are listening to this and you are self as an elder, you know in yourself if you should be continuing to drive. And if the answer is no, then you need to give up your license and get a service. There are free services in every town for elders to get you where you need to go. Or I might suggest <clears throat> that you drive with one of your adult kids or maybe a bit of a younger friend so that you're not driving by yourself. Do not drive at night. Do not drive on the highway. Stay local to do your errands and stuff. If you have to go to a doctor appointment, ask for help. So many times I think our elders don't want to ask for help because they think we're too busy to help them. Any of us and all of us would make time to help our family members. So, oh boy, now there's a detour. Good Lord. All right, let me detour. Um, just ask. And if you have an elder parent and you are the younger in this relationship, Okay. If you have a teenager during the summertime and when they're off school, give them a bump in their allowance to help out their, their grandparent or maybe an auntie or whatever it might be and drive them places. Kids learn great lessons when they're helping others. And don't shy away from asking your teenager to do this. You know, the people that are around me, not Karen and Greg when their kids were teenagers because they had jobs and they were helping family and they were, you know, charged with doing that. <clears throat> I think too many people that I've seen are like, well, my son sleeps until one o'clock in the afternoon and I want to let him sleep when he's on vacation. No, you can let him sleep or her sleep a couple of days when they're on school vacation, but they need to be up. And if you are working full time and your partner is, their other parent, ask your 8, 17 year old, 16 and a half year old to drive their grandma to the grocery store. I think you'll see it will help them with patience. It will help them with everything in life. And grandma will probably buy them some groceries too, because that's what grandmas do. Grandma's are like, here, honey, have a $20 bill, okay? And of course, that's not why you're having your kid do it. But my point is, you're helping out your elder parents, 
and you're helping to teach your younger kids, your kids about helping. And remember, these are the people that are going to choose your nursing home and help you. So if you get them started helping their grandparents or an auntie or whatever, <clears throat> so much the better. And by the way, if you have elder neighbors, and again, this goes to COVID too, because this is having your teenager keep your elder parent from going to like a bus service or a shuttle service where they're around a lot of other people. Now, I'm sure they'd be wearing a mask and everyone else would be too, but wouldn't it be nice to keep it with the family? And, okay, the kids can also help out elder neighbors or not elder neighbors. If somebody needs, in the winter, a walkway shoveled or um, needs their lawn mowed, we had to do this as kids. And it wasn't in a positive context, by the way. It was in a negative, nasty context with my stepfather and mother. But my point is, when we, were, when we went to help our neighbor, it was a positive experience because this elder neighbor had a large lawn and couldn't, couldn't mow it themselves. This is really before the advent of a lot of, you know, riding mowers and whatnot. <laughs> Offer to help. It teaches kids so many good lessons. And really after COVID, what we need to do is come back together and help each other and get those good feelings. Because we've had to be separated and really social media was separating us prior to that. Which by the way, is not a good thing. Okay, social media bites. It totally freaking bites. And you know why it bites? Well, it doesn't 100% bite, but it bites in a lot of senses because it separates people. It puts you behind a keyboard. You know, I did a thread or a, a post, a couple of posts so far this week, until only Tuesday, about my red dye allergy that I have stumbled upon. And somebody that I'm friends with on Facebook who I care and care about a lot has been putting like little nasty comments on my thread. And actually I've deleted them. So if this person is listening to that, I've deleted them because they were out of context and they were kind of really snotty. And I don't think you meant it that way, but that's how it came across to like everybody else who was commenting on the thread, who was being helpful and saying, oh, well you can get dye free this at this place and I get this brand because it's dye free and, and this that person, the people that are commenting. I mean, I've probably got four or five Facebook friends that so far that have dye allergies and I didn't even know and that everyone's being helpful and shooting people shooting you know suggestions and tips and and this com these comments were like way over the other side like bang and it's like oh okay um I don't know why you're so angry but I'm gonna delete that because it's not helpful I love you but I'm deleting it because it's not helpful okay Let's all come back together. Stop getting online and vomiting things. Now, you might say, those of you who are Facebook friends with me, um, Anna, you did a really short thread yesterday about saying, you know, we should all shut the F up because uh, previous president vomited crap all the time and said inappropriate shit and made fun of people and talked about grabbing women in the privates. And yeah, I did, because that's true. Call me when the current president starts doing all that. Making physical fun of disabled people. When that happens, give me a call because it's not going to happen. When someone speaks from the heart, you can disagree with it, but see their motivation. Okay. 
And I will vomit whatever I want on my Facebook page, quite frankly. I will verbally vomit whatever I want. So suck it. If you don't like it, don't look at it. It's pretty simple, okay? And you can do the same, of course. But I don't do that every minute of every day. And in the job that I hold, my whole life is about help, helping people. Helping people feel better about themselves, getting them moving, having their bodies become healthier, fighting off things like COVID, getting through it more easily because you're healthy and your immune system is strong, letting you feel strong, all of that stuff. That's all important to me and something that I love doing. But what's happening in this world beyond the fact that people don't have forgotten how to drive apparently, and some of these people are now teaching their children how to drive, I literally was behind at 5.55 in the morning on a Saturday morning driving over to my facility to get ready for classes but at that hour on a weekend morning behind a student driver with their parent. And the student driver was driving 20 in a 30 mile an hour zone and you could see the parent flailing their arms and screaming and it's like, you're not qualified to teach your kid how to drive, so could you, I can tell from the outside of this situation, could you just let somebody else do that? And listen, I don't understand why driver's ed is so freaking expensive. I know that from my friends who've had their kids um, taking driving classes. I mean, wow, what, what is that about? When did driver's school become like a thousand dollar proposition? Yeah, let's rein that shit back in. It does not cost you that much driver schools to teach kids how to drive. Now, maybe your insurance has gone up or something like that. I don't know. But can you cut some families a break? Their kids need to learn how to drive decently. And let me just help you. They're not. Um, because people are trying to avoid driver school because it's so freaking expensive. So help, help a family out, will ya? Anyway, besides the driving and the online nastiness, okay, when people are in person now, going to the grocery store, or um, I don't know, any basically anything, coming to, to class, to a fitness class, like I own a studio, people don't know how to interact with each other. And, um, you know, a lot of my clients, 99% of my clients have been live back into class for, um, I don't know since we reopened in July of 2020. So it's been quite a while now. <clears throat> but I do have people that are new that are coming in that maybe haven't left the house. And it shows, it shows. Here's the thing. If you have been sequestered because you yourself or someone in your family has serious health considerations. Okay. And so you have needed to stay away from people literally for the last two years. <clears throat> My suggestion would be to ease yourself back into society, really. Because, you know, it has been a traumatic and painful time. And for some people, it still is because they honestly can't get back to all of their activities 
maybe due to a health problem or a family member's health problem. Maybe instead of working in an office, interacting with people all day, you or they have been at home working, which is great because you were able to do that and still take care of your family, keep your job that you love, and, and be able to do that from home in a safer environment for you during this time. But you have lost the social skills in interacting with people. Now, in addition to that, people have had their kids home. Now, school's been back in session here in our area for a long time now. But what I'm hearing from those that work in the schools, children are having a really hard time an even harder time than adults in remembering how to interact in a group setting. And that is really, really tough to hear, but it makes perfect sense to me because they haven't been around others. Oh my God, right? So what is a parent, an auntie, a godparent, um, a teacher, um, a person who's having trouble re-socializing as an adult, what is a person to do? Well, the best thing that you can possibly do is slowly and carefully put yourself into situations that allow you to interact with others in what is a safe environment for you. So if coming to a fitness class with loud music and a lot of people is too much, which happened to us with a new client. Um, she ended up walking out. I really don't know that it was the volume because the volume was very appropriate. My instructor is wonderful. I think it was maybe speculating here, speculating, pure speculation, that this young woman has been cloistered due to COVID and maybe other factors in her life. I don't know. And she just could not handle it. It was too much coming at her at once. Understandable if that was the case. Now let's just go on that premise, okay? If that's you, if you are having trouble in social situations, I know I sometimes get social anxiety. If it's a situation that it's like, oh, this is going to be overwhelming, then I might back away from it, okay? And that's okay. That's okay. Pick something to start back and dip your toe into society once again. And remember that this is not your fault. You did nothing wrong here. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that we're all out of practice. Right? Because when you're driving down the highway like I am right now, there's cars all around you. But you're not interacting with anybody else you're in your vehicle maybe you have a passenger because you're carpooling or you're going somewhere with a friend or a family member but if you were thrown into um, say a big fitness class or um, a big meeting or a gathering a conference that's gonna give you anxiety because you haven't done that for a couple of years and you know when some when people are traumatized that doesn't just shut off like a switch as someone who grew up in childhood trauma for 14 years, well, nine years, total of 14, but nine really intense, 
it's not a joke at all. It's a serious thing. And you know, a lot of people throw around the term PTSD, but you can have it in different forms. Some, our returning vets get it from being in a war and what they've seen and experienced. But they're not the only ones who get it. A woman can get it or a man can get it from being in an abusive relationship. Children can get it from having abusive parents. Over here, that's me and my brother, okay? I did not suffer from serious PTSD. There are some situations that I get triggered in, but my brother was younger and his personality was less formed. And so his is very intense, okay? Is that his fault? No. Is it your fault that you are having trouble reintegrating into society, quote unquote, the way it was before. <clears throat> That's okay. Once again, there is nothing wrong with you. I don't want you to start labeling yourself or feeling like there's something wrong with you. There isn't. Every person you see around you has a level of change from what we've all gone through. We have all gone through something collectively on this planet that is really, really intense and negative. People have lost family members. People have lost jobs. People have had to change careers because of what has happened. Industries have completely changed in a way that was never anticipated. And people have rallied. People have pivoted in ways that maybe they never thought they could. And that is a positive. But with the positives that are there, and there are a good amount, there are also a lot of negatives. And we all have to realize and acknowledge in each other that that has happened and unfortunately is still happening. COVID is not over. I wish I could say in my life, in all of my friends' lives and in my business that it is, but it's not. Are we wearing masks at class right now? No, we're not. May we have to in the future? I don't know. Does anybody know? I don't think they do. So we're, we're, we know what to do. We're at the ready. I hope it doesn't come to that. But if it does, we'll, we'll handle it at the time. Um, can I have in-person classes? Yes. All of my classes are in-person. And I am not streaming live any classes right now. I have retained my streaming service because I want to be ready. But that in itself having to remain vigilant all the time creates its own stress, right? I know it's creating stress in me and it's creating stress in my clients, my staff. It just is. Okay. I just constantly feel like not as much as six months ago, but still feel a bit like when's the other shoe going to drop or when's the next shoe going to drop? 
I guess is the real way to put it. And that is stressful and hard and it sucks. Yes, it does. Okay. So the reality is we all have to give each other that um, benefit of the doubt. Some people call it grace. Some people call it benefit of the doubt. I kind of think it's a little bit of the two. Um, <laughs> when you're all in a situation that is an unknown that nobody's ever dealt with in your lifetime, mistakes are going to get made. I've certainly made them in my business. And all you can do is think, is the person, where is the person coming from? And are they, are they coming at it honestly and with the best possible heart? And if they are, you need to excuse their mistake. Now, unless it's caused you permanent physical damage or um, you really think that it may well have been on purpose or whatever, incompetence, negligence, something like that. But if you know those things aren't true, then what you need to do is you need to allow for that person to make that mistake without you flipping out about it. Because we all make mistakes. Now, the woman that left class that day, I didn't chase her because she was literally brand new to us. I don't know her at all. And I felt like it might make it worse for us to go and try to talk to her. Now I did email her and she did not email me back. In fact, the email came bounced back to me. So I don't even know if she gave us an accurate email, no clue whatsoever. Um, but I did make an attempt to apologize to her and to say that, you know, we understand that people are sensitive to sounds and, you know, music level and all of that. And I explained to her that we go by our industry standard and, you know, all of those things. But once again, I didn't chase her and I felt bad about it. I felt bad that she had that experience, even though it was no fault of ours, our instructors, it was nobody's fault. She may well have been dealing with the societal pressure of coming back in to a big class that may have been the first big class that she attended since COVID. And again, we don't know. We don't have the answer to that. But what I do know is that giving each other grace at that time, at this time, when everyone's trying to kind of, some people are going back to the office, some people aren't. Some people's kids are in school. Some people's aren't. Um, for the most part, I think kids are. But teachers, listen, I know you feel like you've given a lot of grace to parents and kids. I think you're going to have to dig in and give some more. And I think parents should, should do the same as well, by the way. And really, really talk to their kids about reentry. And if they're having a hard time and you call them as a teacher or a, a social worker or a counselor and try to talk to them, they shouldn't just shut down. I'm, I'm sure that counselors and teachers are getting a lot of parental shutdown because they don't want to hear anything negative. You're not bringing something negative. What you're doing is you're trying to say your child may have a problem with re-entry. 
and maybe they've been in school for a year. It doesn't matter. The kids are traumatized by what happened. And unfortunately, we cannot spend the time we need on mental health. We need to for kids and adults, and we need to try to do better. But what can we each and all do in the interim? Until our healthcare system is in a position to help people more. Is we can each help someone. If someone reaches out to you and is expressing that they need counseling and they're doing okay, they're not doing great, they have really bad days a lot of days, but they're hanging in. What can you do? You can reach out to the people you know and see if you can get them counseling or the help that they need. Okay? You can. I promise you, you can. Okay? You can do one thing. You can make one phone call. You can send one email. You can um, get out of the driveway, guys. You can um, send one email. You can ask one friend. You can do that. Okay? You can help people if you try. And I think it's important right now for all of us to try to help each other if at all possible. Because you know what? We all have our challenges through COVID. And the reality of the situation is if we don't help each other, our society is going to suffer more. And it is happening that our society is suffering more. It's happening right now. As I just said, I'm hearing from my friends who work in the schools and my friends who are counselors or my friends who have kids or the adults are struggling themselves. It's hard, man. It's really, really hard. It's hard to re-enter to not worry every second that something's going to happen to you or your child or your elder parent or your parent who has health problems or yourself who has health problems. I still have clients who wear masks. They have health issues and they need to remain healthy. And even though they're vaccinated, they're wearing masks because they don't know what's going to happen. It's hard. And I think if we acknowledge to each other that it's not over, that we are traumatized by what has gone on. It is not overblown to say that. And there's nothing wrong with saying it out to the universe. You know, sometimes when you're having a problem, not all the time, I acknowledge that first. Sometimes when you're having a real problem and it feels overwhelming to you, Sometimes just shining light on it helps. In other words, sometimes just saying it out loud to another person who is not judgmental. Maybe they can't help you, but maybe what they can do is hear you. And maybe that's all you needed was to be heard. Maybe 
you can start to work through it. Maybe you'll need professional help, but maybe you won't. That's not to say you shouldn't get professional help if you don't need it, because you definitely should. And remember that reaching out for help is in itself an act of strength. Because so many people do not reach out for help when they need it. They silently suffer. And it can make all the difference just to reach out to one person. So what I would say to you today is if you can help one person in any small way, do it. Even if you can hold a door for someone and smile at them because our faces have been covered. And I think we're all seeing how important seeing people's faces is. We're all seeing that it's important for us to know that we matter and you can matter to an absolute stranger. I smile as much as possible when I'm in public because I want to be smiled at. If someone reaches out to you and says they're having a problem and maybe they just say it in a passing way, tune into that. Really listen to them. Be present. Okay? If someone, if you say to someone that you work with in your office, oh, how you doing? Oh, you know, I'm having a hard time. It's rough. Um, is there anything I can do? Can I do anything for you? Can I help you with something? Is there anybody that I can, you know, shoot you to that can help you? Stop. Listen to what the person is saying. And if you can help, help. If you can refer them to um, a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a massage therapist, a counselor, something. Just do it. If you do that for one person and I do that for one person and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, just imagine what kind of world this would be. It would be amazing. 